Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Bucks Network podcast. Yes, we did it. We reached double digit episodes and we've got a very special one for you today. I am joined for the first time on the podcast by my broadcast partner and the play-by-play voice of the Cranbrook Bucks, Wiley Henderson. And with him, Wiley brings an interview with the BC Hockey League's all-time games played leader in Mike DeStefano that we are thrilled to bring you on the Bucks Network podcast. It's going to be a great episode, so let's get to it. It took a little longer than expected to reach the 10-episode milestone, as after averaging an episode a week in the two months following the inception of Bucks Network, It's now been over a month since a red-hot Noah Quinn was featured in episode 9 of the podcast. March was a very busy month for myself, and the team obviously had a very busy schedule as well, with some big games down the stretch, so I elected to give everyone some space and not try to cram any interviews in. That being said, we are back with not one, but two episodes this week, as we transition from the Bucks' first full BCHL season into their first ever playoff series. But before we turn our attention to the playoffs, I am joined by my partner in crime when it comes to the Bucks BCHL TV broadcast, Wiley Henderson, and he brings a very exciting interview with the BCHL's all-time games played leader, Mike DiStefano. DiStefano played 297 games in the BCHL over five seasons. He scored 106 goals, added 204 assists for a total of 310 points over those 297 games. He started his career with his hometown Burnaby Bulldogs, who later moved to Alberni Valley, where he played one season as well. He also played in the BCHL for the Quinell Millionaires, the Powell River Kings, and the Chilliwack Chiefs, before heading over to Italy, where he played three seasons of professional hockey after his junior career was over. Wiley was able to catch up with Mike last week ahead of the Bucks' final regular season game, and the interview was aired on that final broadcast of the season. If you missed the broadcast, or even if you heard it on Saturday, you'll probably still want to hear the interview in its entirety, as well as some additional thoughts from Wiley and I. So let's bring in my broadcast partner, and we will tee up the interview with Mike DiStefano. Hey, I'm happy to be joined on the Bucks Network podcast for the first time by play-by-play voice of the Cranbrook Bucks, Wiley Henderson. Wiley, how you doing? Hey, man, good. Uh, voice is a bit sore from last night with all the uh, early goal calls, but we should be able to plug along today. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, last regular season game last night for uh, for you and I in the booth, and uh, a great night for the Bucks. So uh, certainly a good way to wrap up the the regular season here as we transition in the playoffs. Yeah, definitely, and uh, some good momentum. Nice to see Ari get the shutouts to uh, to finish off the season. Four shutouts for him this year. Uh, they only won three games last year, so uh, they outnumbered uh, shutouts with uh, last year's wins. So that's pretty. That's something there too that I, I like. You know, I'm a numbers guy, right? So <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I totally agree, and uh, definitely Ari is going to get some more of our attention as well as some of the other Bucks uh, in the near future, but. Uh, Today we're going to focus on an interview that you aired last night on the broadcast with uh, the BCHL's all-time games played leader, uh, Mike DiStefano. So um, I guess just uh, to start it off here, Wiley, what was your, you guys both grew up in Burnaby, what was kind of your relationship with uh, DiStefano like back in Burnaby? Yeah, I mean, um, we went to Alpha Secondary, um, which it's funny, in Burnaby we would consider it a small school. Um, but in reality, 
like our graduating class probably outnumbers the enrollment at Cranbrook's Mount Baker, you know? So, um, with that said, we all had our groups of friends and stuff like that. So, um, he kind of hung out with his friends a lot. I hung out with mine, but, uh, hockey was kind of, you know, a common thread there where I think a lot of mutual respect stemmed from. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it's weird. Um, I didn't talk to him after I left that school for about 21 years, just different paths. Um, then I knew about his record, and I was planning to do something with that this season. I, I think it's, you know, especially in junior hockey, that uh, games played record. Um, it means a lot more, I think, than in pros. It shows you were able to crack the, you know, crack the egg at a young age and really stick and stick for a long time and be, stay relevant to the league, no matter how many teams you might have uh, played for. And um, so, yeah, that was that, that was something that I kind of always took notice of as I always followed the BCHL from either closely or a distance from, you know, when I was a team. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, coming into this expansion season for the Bucks, I thought that would be something good to have toward the end of the season with so much turnover getting set to happen, you know, throughout the entire league, uh, every team goes through turnover after, you know, a season in junior hockey. And, um, yeah, the BCHL podcast had him on, so they kind of stole my idea. Uh, so I stole their idea back. And I uh, reached out to him on Instagram messenger after the podcast came out asked, uh, yeah, no, do you want to do the interview? And he was quite receptive to it and happy he did it. He speaks very well, obviously. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, you mentioned the the BCHL kind of stealing your idea. Of course, they're celebrating their 60th anniversary this year. And so along with that, they've done a whole pile of uh, alumni stuff. And, you know, with with DeStefano leading the or having being the all time leader in games played, obviously, he was uh, up there on the list. So that was uh, that was a good interview with the uh, the BCHL podcast as well with uh, Jesse Adamson there. And then uh, and yeah, it was cool to to hear you catch up with him as well and uh you know hear things from a little bit more of a personal level i think with you guys kind of having that background a little bit well the neat thing too like i said um that was the first time we had actually spoken like um you know verbally in 21 years i I left that school before graduation and um you know the last time i think we talked I mentioned he had just finished up with the Quinnell Millionaires and was uh, getting set to move on to Powell River. So I think that took him aback too, just kind of made him realize how long it's been. And we're coming up on our 20-year anniversary for Alpha Secondary. So, uh, yeah, it just kind of kind of ages ourselves a little bit there. But, uh, you know, this is bound to happen uh, when the hockey world is such a small place, as we all know. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, you mentioned that he played uh, with Quinnell. He also played at home, you know, with uh, the Burnaby Bulldogs in the BCHL. That franchise then moved to Alberni Valley. So he played in uh, in Alberni Valley for a little bit. And then uh, he also played in Chilliwack and Powell River, like you said. So uh, in total, five years in the BCHL, 297 games played, which is the all-time record. He scored over 100 goals over 200 assists and over 300 points. So it was uh, definitely quite the career in the BC Hockey League for uh, Mike DiStefano. Yeah, and it's funny. I mean, you know, I started with the BCHL at the Trail Smoke Eaters in 2015, and uh, a lot of the broadcasters now think of me as one of the older guys, right? And I'm only just catching up to Mike and his years with the BCHL now. So that puts it really into perspective, I think, too, just how long and how successful he was able to go. 
Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, he transitioned that, went directly from the BC Hockey League to playing professionally over in uh, Italy. I think he had dual citizenship, both Canadian and, and Italian, correct? Uh, yeah, that's what he said in the podcast. I actually uh, I had no idea about that. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's really cool. And obviously it uh, qualified him for the uh, national team in Italy too, which is um, you know an amazing accomplishment um, anytime you're able to don a national jersey uh, for any country. Yeah, for sure. He, he played a few years of professional over there. And, and like you said, he also played internationally with uh, Italy and, and scored a goal at the international level as well for uh, for his country. So that was uh, quite, a, quite a career he had for sure, right from BCHL into pro hockey in Italy and a little bit of an international career too before he uh, wrapped it up. Yeah, all started at the Burnaby Minor Hockey Association, uh, the Burnaby Winter Club's uh, very heated rivals, but off the ice recoup. Yeah, that's awesome. Good to hear. <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's get then. Let's get to it then, Wiley. We'll uh, we'll hear your interview with Mike DeStefano, and then uh, we'll wrap it up after that. Sounds good. It's the last regular season game for the Cranbrook Bucks of their very first season in the BCHL. Uh, it's blink and you missed it kind of thing. It's gone by so quickly. But uh, here, joined by the all-time BCHL games play leader, Mike DiStefano. A very great career in the BCHL, spanning from 1999 to 2005. Uh, Mike, first of all, thanks for taking the time. Uh, how are things going for you? Hey, no problem. Thank you for having me. Uh, things are going really well. Thank you. Just... Uh keeping busy with work life and still involved in hockey life with my, my kids. But yeah, they're, it's going really well. Thanks for asking. And obviously uh, going back a few years now to your BCHL days and um, just tell me what it was like coming in as a rookie into the league all those years ago and um, just, you know, kind of adapting to the junior style. Um, obviously a very different league back in 1999. Yeah, it, uh, you know, it was, it was pretty amazing to be honest, uh, especially being a 16 year old coming into the BCHL. Uh, I can tell you, I never really had my sights set on, on making it that year. Like didn't, didn't think it was a possibility. I had a really good experience in Notre Dame in Wilcox, Saskatchewan there and small town and very uh, hockey focused school, a lot of bus travel there as well. It kind of prepped you for, for that junior career, but you know, I ended up doing one of those um, global showcase camps where the coach of the Burnaby Bulldogs was my coach, Rick Hillier. And, uh, you know, he liked the way I played and asked me to come out to the rookie camp, had a great rookie camp. And then, you know, to my su- pleasant surprise, I ended up making the team. There was um, a few of us rookies. I think there was only four 16-year-olds in the league that time. So quite eye-opening. And you knew you wouldn't play too much, but you'd, you'd gain a lot of experience and insight. And, first few games they're a little bit overwhelming but then uh, you kind of come around and, and hold your own um, as the season went on and was lucky enough to play a bit more in the playoffs for that final year so it was uh, it was a good time it was uh, it was quite the accomplishment and it was pretty exciting to be be part of that team for that at that age now the Bucks have one of the younger teams in the league. A lot of players around, uh, you know, the age that you were when you started in the BCHL. 
and uh, obviously many of them hoping to go on to similar numbers in their career, longevity included. Um, What advice would you have for them, especially these younger guys that uh, maybe want to take a crack at your record or just, you know, have a good long junior career? I think it's to take it all in strides. You know, I, I, it, it can become overwhelming at that age to, to see, you know, there's people that get scholarships relatively quick at a young age. There's people that take a bit longer and it's trying to find, find a balance and, and just enjoy the time that you have and really focus at evolving your game uh, as much as you can in, in, the, in the places that your coaching staff is asking you to do and, and really just grow as a person. Uh, I think today's hockey allows for more time for younger players to to evolve, and specifically the NCAA route, which will will give kids you know opportunities to to continue to even grow. So, so the one thing I wish I could look back at and and tell my 16, 17 year old self is to just have a bit of patience um, and, and trust the process and and enjoy the process because it is something that flies by. And the next thing you know, you're doing interviews like this, uh, you know, 20 something years later and, and wishing that you could have went back and just uh, savored it a bit more versus trying to think, oh, I need to get a scholarship by this time. I need to have this many points. I need to do this just just to focus, have fun, work hard and, and enjoy the process. And on the flip side, uh, for some guys, they'll be aging out. This will be their last regular season game and then the playoff run and then either college or a crack at the pros or just hockey's over. Um, just that transition, I know for you it was a bit uh, easier because you were able to jump to pro in Europe right away, but just maybe vicariously through some of your ex-teammates, did you see some of them struggle to you know, make that adaptation from hockey every day as part of your life into just kind of you know, regular life? Yeah, you know, I, I, I still see it. Um, you know, I, I do still see some some of my friends who I'm, I'm pretty close with who, who still struggle to kind of let go of that, that hockey room mentality, that being part of a team. Um, it is a probably one of the main reasons you see a lot of hockey players join either like the fire department or police force just to kind of keep that camaraderie. Um, but, you know... I, it is if, if you're fortunate enough to kind of get out and, and find yourself a career or, or something that you love, um, it does really help. I, I think the, the people that struggle the most are the ones that put a hundred percent of everything into hockey without thinking about, you know, what might be outside of, of a career if it doesn't turn out the way you want it. Um, and, you know, I always in my head had, had a vision that I, I still wanted certain things in life and although I wasn't sure what type of career I would have, and I got pretty lucky getting into TELUS when I did, um, you know, I knew some of the goals that I had in life, whether it was with hockey or not, like owning a home, starting a family, you know, um, trying to kind of just grow myself. And, and that helped me focus more on on that, those goals, than versus, you know, missing out of playing hockey or, or not being able to make it to the NHL like my dream was and things like that. Now, when you when you played in the BCHL and established this record of 297 games played, um, it was I, I would argue a tougher league at the time, maybe harder to stay healthy. Uh, whereas opposed to now, it's really skill driven. Um, I guess what was your secret for you know maintaining your health through all that time despite playing a pretty physical style? You know, I wish I, I wish I could say there was there was a secret recipe. I I mean, I trained hard. Um, you know, I worked with. Um, 
who, who's become a longtime friend of mine, Carlos Ferro, who, who at the time was running Hockey Dynamics. And, you know, he, he was a huge part of my health and, uh, you know, keeping me in shape and, and being able to play as much as I did. He, he focused a lot on building strength the right way and making sure that my muscles were flexible and I was able to kind of continue to play that hard-nosed game, but, you know, adding some skill to it and, and knowing when you have that skill, people are more likely going to try and uh, come after you, especially back in the day. And, you know, just really focusing in on, on keeping your yourself healthy and in shape. And it's, it's not all about getting big and strong. It's about, you know, making sure that you have that flexibility um, and adaptability. And I think you see that more in today's game where it's not just about weight. It's about, you know, yoga and stretching and all that other stuff that, uh, wasn't so apparent uh, when I was playing. Well, having gone to school with me, I know it's going to be weird having me talk about education, but uh, just bear with me here if you can a little bit. But um, obviously, that the path now players are taking into the NHL is really, we're seeing a lot more graduates out of the NCAA system um, before maybe people would want to go right to the dub and, and toil around in the AHL for a little while and then hope for a crack at the show. But now we're seeing more players going the college route, getting that education to have something to fall back on. Um, you're a father now uh, with kids in hockey. If they were to get to that level, um, what, 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 which route would you encourage them to go through? Is it, um, would you say dub or, you know, doing the college thing? You know, I, I really um, try to focus in my, my kids at school, and not only my kids, but any of the kids I teach, um, that it's an important piece no matter which route you, you decide to go. Um, so I, I want them to focus in on their education and um, make sure that they have good habits when it comes to school so that they, they can make that decision. Because I ultimately believe there's there's so many different roads to hockey success and each player is different. And, you know, although I'd love my kids to go to school and take the NCAA route and, and do those things that I, you know, I didn't get to do because it was my goal, but, you know, things change and my my focus on school wasn't as as strong as it should have been and why I instill in my kids it's just you don't really know where they're going to go until they start to hit I think that 15 16 year old age is where you can kind of see it and then you gotta gotta you gotta take each road as it comes to you it's if you try and pick a road now you know that you may miss out on other opportunities that could lead to greater success so one thing I teach my kids is good habits now focusing on school, focusing on good training, good health, have fun playing hockey and, and the doors were open and be ready for them when they open and, and take them, um, you know, with the best attitude you can and, and just make sure you're working hard and having fun and, and the rest will fall in the place. And uh, just have you been keeping tabs on the BCHL these last few years and how has the league developed in your eyes uh, since your playing days? I'd say more recently, I, I've definitely... Uh, with my kids getting a more more interested in going to the games, um, you know we tend to try and check out the Kuvetlam Express games here and there because they're close. Um, you know we also do the Giants here and there, but mo- more importantly, I think the BCHL is is it's just a it's a really fun league. Um, you know you're starting to see some great talent com- coming through. We got the chance to watch um, the Victoria Grizzlies play the Kuvetlam Express, and I think it's Wood is his last name, if I'm not correct. Yes, He's that 17 year old, very very talented player, and just just being able to watch him and the skills that he has, and 
seeing some of the others come through, um, you know, I'm really happy to see the BCHL is still thriving and providing great opportunities for young kids to play because I, I do think we're very fortunate to have a league like that in BC. Um, when you look across Canada, you know, it, it, it seems like major junior dominates most of, of the provinces across Canada. Um, but when you look into the States and you have the USHL and, you know, BCHL is very comparable. We're very fortunate to have it. I think sometimes we, we take it for granted and I'd love to just continue to, to see it be successful and, and have young kids want to continue to play there and, and evolve. And, and as you mentioned earlier, the NCAA route seems to be a, a very positive way to go to get to that NHL, to grow, to become more of a mature hockey player, to take you into that next level of professional. So having more opportunities for kids to be able to do that is would be great and you know i'm just i'm really happy to see where the bchl stands today and hope hope it continues to have more success and just uh, winding down a little bit here um what's your involvement with the game these days i know you've mentioned coaching is a big part of your life um and uh, obviously being in a hockey family um just tell me your involvement uh, these days yeah it's uh you know it's it, Still a lot. Um, I had uh, both my kids in minor hockey. Um, Carter and Mateo. Mateo's my older one. He was playing U13, and I was head coach of that team, um, which was a lot of fun. It was his last year. And then my other son, Carter, was U11, and I was assistant coach there uh, in Port Coquitlam minor hockey. Uh, very fortunate. We have uh, hockey director Donna Menard, who's also a coach out in Yale Academy there, out in Abbotsford. So got to learn a lot from him spent a lot of time coaching in the early days with him and 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 learning about about coaching and coach a couple spring teams uh bought into a, a hockey company this year uh this past year sorry inside edge and we run uh spring tournaments here uh, in vancouver we have the uh, steelers hockey program we have a learn the play program as i mentioned on that pchl podcast um you know it's just keeping involved in hockey is important to me i i I love being able to offer advice and support to these young kids and, and to parents who, who maybe don't have the opportunity or, you know, want to make sure they're getting good advice and not, not somebody that's trying to, to sell them on something. So to be involved in the game still and the coach at the minor hockey level is, is very exciting and something that I really enjoy. Any chance we see you behind a BCHL bench in a few years? You know, it, it hasn't uh, not crossed my mind. Um, you know, I'd, I do enjoy coaching and I think as my kids get older and potentially as I step in to coach a team that maybe doesn't have one of my, my kids on it, I think you're going to see that love for, for coaching grow even more um, because you you just start to to see the impact you're having on all these, these kids and, and, and what you can offer them. And so I I wouldn't write it off. Um, You know, I I enjoy what I do right now, but you know, I, I, I love being a part of hockey. I love, being a part of the youth game and watching kids grow, but um, haven't necessarily looked that far ahead, but it, it does cross my mind here and there. And uh, last question for me here, um, parting words for anybody in the BCHL um, who might be moving on or just starting off their career. Um, you mentioned just enjoy it, have fun. Is there anything else uh, maybe more tangible that you could offer them? Uh, you know, I think, Wiley, the, the biggest thing to offer someone leaving the BCHL is, is to, one, try and uh, look back and be proud of what you've done. Um, and then, you know, 
reach out to to network of people like there's so many alumni that have played in the bchl and if if you're not really sure what to do next don't hesitate to reach out to anyone even even myself um you can find me on any social media or linkedin um same with a lot of other bchl alumni just just to get out there and 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 really try new things i think the one thing that people hesitate on is is they they don't know where to start and sometimes you just got to start with something find something whether it's you you like it or not you can always change but get yourself out there and and really um give yourself credit for for what you've accomplished and, and believe in yourself another another thing that i see with the young folks today that are exiting hockey is they don't believe they have you know the work experience that someone else has but you don't realize how important it is to to have the experience of being a team player being part of a team providing all that time and effort and dedication to to achieve a goal to play to be excellent at one thing is, is what a lot of employees are looking for um so so don't get inside your head to think that you know you don't bring value you bring a ton of value and, and just put yourself out there and and you will excel well, Mike, uh, that's that's it for me. I just wanted to thank you again for your time and congratulate you once again on an amazing BCHL career and pro career overseas. That record, of course, one that's going to be pretty hard to crack. I know there's a few guys in the Bucks that want to stab at it, but uh, again, it's a tough mountain to climb, and uh, that's a salute to uh, all the great work you did in the BCHL and your playing days. No problem, and thank you for having me. I really appreciate taking the time and, uh, you know, happy to, to support any of the youth and anyone going through the BCHL right now. And, uh, again, thank you uh, for reaching out, Wiley. Okay, so that once again was uh, Wiley Henderson's interview with the BCHL's all-time games play leader, Mike DiStefano. So, uh Wiley, I guess now that you've had some time to reflect, uh, what are some of your, your takeaways and how do you kind of look back on your, your conversation with Mike there? Um, again, just, you know, how well-traveled he was and how long he really lasted. I mean, it, you know, in the time as a teenager, it goes by so fast, you know, but when you sit back and look at it and, you know, and you factor in playoffs, I think he's getting closer to about 340, 330 games, right? Um, and I, I have a hard time seeing anybody cracking that record. And he humbly said that too, that it's going to be a hard one to, you know, get to or crack. And, um, just it's, I honestly had no idea until I just started kind of going through the BCHL site. And I think they just kind of reset some of the records and went over a few stats and stuff like that. So I only just found out about his record, you know, I think maybe start of the season. And I don't think he realized too uh up until just recently so it's it's definitely um it's it's cool because you wouldn't have saw that coming just i guess as a classmate of his um but then when you actually sit back and look it's hard to think about how you could have missed it for that long right um because he played for so long yeah and like you said it's one of those things and you guys talked about it too in the interview but you know it's it's not something you necessarily think about when you're playing it even but then you kind of look back at your longevity and the fact that, you know, you're able to play almost 300 games over five seasons. Like that's, that's going to be hard to, to do ever again, I think. And uh, so it's obviously something that he looks back on quite proudly for sure. And I was trying to think of on the bucks who, you know, in my head could maybe go after that. And 
I don't even know if it's mathematically possible too with, you know, the pod season and, um, you know, a shortened season this year. I think Luke Foe, you know, he's young enough. Um, he's missed some time this year though, right? Like Mike played in almost every single game that he was eligible to play in. Uh, so you you almost have to be an Ironman for five years. To, it's it's something that's not done regularly anywhere. Yeah. Um, so it's it's. I'm trying to think of on the Bucks who can crack it on this roster, and Luke Foe is probably the only one who comes to mind that can make a run at it. But I don't know if it's mathematically possible. Yeah, I think you're right. I I did the same thought process, and and Luke Foe just at his age was the the name that came to mind for me. But like you said, he he missed a few games this year, which would, I mean, you said it. You got to be healthy. You got to play fifty games for five years, and you know that's yeah. So it's it's going to be hard to do. I guess the one name outside of Luke Foe would maybe be Jackson Feuder, who played uh, two games this year as an AP with the Bucks. And he's about to start his, uh, I think it would be his 16-year-old season next year. So he might be the best candidate right now. Yeah, and uh, he's gotten a taste of the BCHL, obviously. So um, it's going to be, like, it's going to be something I'm probably watching uh, for the rest of my time in the BCHL. It's going to be kind of on that, uh, you know, Ironman ticker uh, to see if anybody can take a jump at Mike's record. Yeah, and it's just one of those things, like even, you know, we bring up the name Jackson Feuder, who's got a couple games under his belt, and then he'll start what could be a five-year career next year with the Bucks. But that being said, he could also play, you know, three or four years and then go play, uh, you know, NCAA or, or something like that. So it's it's going to be a really hard record, I think, to, to crack. Right, and, um, you know, he's he's got a couple of kids that are pretty good at hockey, too, that I know he's... Um, really involved with their careers too. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we see either or both of them making the leap to the BCHL someday. And um, we talked about, I asked him if we ever see him behind the bench. Um, he said, I think his answer was, it's not something I haven't thought about. So yeah, um, I think, you know, any team would do well to have him on the bench. Um, that's just, as I said on the broadcast Saturday, so much knowledge, so much experience to draw from. Um, at a time when the league was a lot, I would say, tougher uh, physically, yeah. more skill-driven now, but a lot tougher and still had that element of very high skill level. Um, so he, that's, that's somebody you want to learn from, I think, if you're coming into the league nowadays. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, you mentioned his experience in the league and then, of course, internationally going over and, and playing some some pro hockey in Italy and then at the international level as well. And he did it right out of junior hockey as well rather than going to school. So um, definitely some some big uh, some big experiences from him for sure that he can relate to, to junior hockey players, which, again, in the interview, he said that he's more than happy to, uh, you know, guide players that want to reach out as a, an alumni of the league. You know, he, he loves the game. He loves giving back. And uh, so those were some nice things to hear as well from him at the end of the interview. Um, yeah, it, and that does, that's not something that surprises me. The game's been such a big part of his life um, since I've known him, you know, when we were, geez, 13 years old. And, um, you know, I know his brothers uh, used to referee too, so it's been they've been involved in the game. Um Made a couple of ten minute misconducts from one of his brothers a few seasons. Had a bit of a temper in Bantam years, and uh, you know, uh, 
it doesn't surprise me too, like uh, that he is giving back the way he is. Um, I believe he's bought into a company that hosts tournaments and um, helps out with a lot of coaching clinics and things like that. And he's an active uh, member of the coaching community now. And again, like uh, if that's who you have kind of guiding your early years in hockey, you're in very good hands. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, another takeaway that I had from from your conversation with Mike was uh, you asked him about, uh, you know, how he would advise players when it comes to the NCAA route versus playing major junior and then going pro right away. And uh, like I have my own thoughts on on which route's more beneficial. I, I definitely think that getting four years of education and being a little bit older and more mature before you try to make the jump to pro is is really positive. I think that there's a lot of good players in the BCHL that have chosen to take that route rather than play major junior. I, I definitely think there's some, uh, some major junior caliber players in the BCHL, but uh, I like his answer of, you know, you don't have to make those decisions right away. You can really just focus on playing hockey and focus on your education and kind of let things fall into place the way that they will. Yeah. And you know, nowadays uh, at this level, there's so much pressure on you. Um, and I think pressure on you to make that decision right away. And so, you know, BCHL teams, they take so much pride in their commitments, but you know, the WHL has, um, great benefits as well. So it's, it's really just what works best for you. You got to make your own choice there and make an educated decision. And I mean, there's great benefits to the BCHL route going, uh, NCAA Div 1, obviously, and the WHL uh, prepares you for a lot of great things as well and has its perks. So it's, I mean, the, the fact you have to focus on, and I think he's right about this, is that you're able to play at this level and that's something that you just have to appreciate about yourself and just kind of take it in and, you know, let your gut make the decision for you. You're the only one that can really know what's best for you and nobody else can. Yeah, for sure. And, um, yeah, and then I guess the last thing that uh, I took from the interview was uh, – the fact that he played in the BCHL and then went over to Italy, it kind of reminds me of a, a path that was taken by a, a guy that I knew. He actually played uh, junior B hockey in the KIJHL with Creston Valley. His name was Scott Swiston. So uh, he finished up his career in Creston, and uh, he actually went over to Australia after his career was done in Creston, and he played pro hockey in Australia, which, you know, that's not really a place you think of as a you know a destination for pro hockey but it allowed him to continue playing the game that he loved he he went over there and you know instantly his team became a lot better he won some championships and and really carried on with his life so you know we saw De Stefano go over to Italy and kind of take the next step of his life there and so hockey really it opens up lots of doors and and everyone's past a little bit different but uh um yeah definitely De Stefano is a a great career in the BCHL and uh and definitely a guy with a lot of knowledge and uh, a lot of experience yeah and uh, again I, I i think i owe a big a big thanks to jesse adamson for getting him on and kind of prompting me to reach out to get this interview and it it really was timely um you know for that record holder to have on the last regular season broadcast with a lot of players on the bucks kind of coming to that end of the road um, are they going to college are you continuing to play at the elite level um and then for young guys like luke foe or uh, jackson Buter, who was a healthy scratch yesterday but i believe was in the building um you, you know are you going to be able to stay healthy enough and play enough games to take a leap at that record and 
I thought I thought there was a lot of timeliness there, and um, yeah, it just seemed like the right time to really, you know, draw from really a great resource from my childhood, and you know, selfishly a chance to catch up with a guy that uh, had a lot of respect for back when we were kids, and um, great to see that he's doing so well now, and um, can't tell him how much I appreciate him taking the time to do the interview. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you said, it was definitely timely. I, I hope that, uh, you know, lots of people got to listen to the interview last night on the broadcast. And if they didn't, hopefully they'll get a chance to listen to the podcast here. But uh, definitely timely. Subway, definitely. Uh, Subway trivia answer too last night. And uh, I did not set that up once again. You, you, you know that I get that script uh, just before the game starts. That was not me. Yeah, comes from the league for sure. I can I can vouch for that. Um, just remembered, I forgot to submit my answer for that one. I had a pretty good idea of who it was, but I forgot to put it in. I think you were busy. I was too. Yeah, but, uh, for sure. You know, somebody gets 50 bucks at Subway. That's a lot of meatballs. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, well, thanks a lot for, for setting that up, for, for interviewing Mike DiStefano and, uh, and bringing it to the Bucks Network podcast, Wiley. I, I really appreciate it. It was a great conversation, and it makes for, uh, like you said, it's very timely and just a very insightful interview here as the, as the regular season comes to an end. Oh, my pleasure. And uh, once again, a big thanks to Mike for taking the time. I know how busy he is down there, so I just want to thank him again. And um yeah, hopefully we can have him on uh, again. You know, uh, invitations out if he ever wants to try his hand at color commentating for BCHL Showcase. Absolutely, yeah. It'll be, uh, you know, he, he definitely sounds interested in getting back in the game, and, and I'm sure the BCHL <laughs> and anyone would uh, would love to have him on. So that would be, uh, that'd be cool. You bet. Cool. Well, thanks a lot for this, Wiley. Once again, thanks for jumping on uh, episode 10 here of the Bucks Network podcast. Great interview. And, uh, we're going to talk again really soon here as the Bucks transition into uh, playoffs. Yeah, good to finally be on. It only took a full season, but we got there. Absolutely. Okay, thanks, Wiley. We'll do this again soon. You bet.